Hello and welcome back to another episode of the IBC Podcast, where we sit down and dive deeper into our messages as well as talk about what's going on in the life of our church. Welcome back to the IBC Podcast. My name is Jared Landreth. I'm the Creative Arts and Worship Minister here at IBC, and I am so excited to be back with my friend, the one and only Mr. Scott Schooler. <laughs> Mr. Scott Schooler, how are you? I'm doing well, Jared. Thank you. Unfortunately, we did not get together to get a podcast episode recorded last week, so we are glad that you are listening, and we are sorry for the delay, but we are back, and uh, we've got a top three category that is very important to discuss before we get started this morning. Scott, I want to know what your all-time top three (laughs) board games are. Top three board games, all right? Well, number three, because it's right in my... uh Maturity level would have to be shoots and ladders. <laughs> and then because, Wait, are we talking about your grandson's top well, three? Well, you know, now that I have a grandson, I can legitimately play these. Yes. People will be like, oh, well, that's why. Uh, number two is checkers. Uh, I would say chess, but I'm not smart enough to play chess, so checkers <laughs> is number two. And then number one is spades. Spades. Spades? Spades, yeah. Spades is not a board game. I play it when I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> you meant that bored totally like wasn't a, rehearsed. I understood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my god! So there you go. There's a there's a top To me, three. all three of those sound boring, but whatever. Well, you play those real, <laughs> real games. I don't even know yeah. what those are called. Yeah. The I'm, technical term for I'm those. A, yeah, I'm a Nerd more games. elite. I'm a, I'm a more elite board game player than you. Mm, you're you're. So. Hey, uh, com- free free advertisement. We actually host a board game night. If you're actually into board games, uh, on the first and third Thursday nights, starting at eight p.m. at Coffee and Crafts downtown. Nice. I go that out there. A couple other Emmanuel people go out there, and it's a good time. Is there if a shoots ever- and ladders league? There is not. <laughs> A shoots and ladders league, and if you bring shoots and ladders, you'll get laughed out of the room. <laughs> so are people Fair dressed warning. up like Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker? <laughs> I think I think I'm one of the only Star Wars nerds who goes there. Unfortunately, we don't get to play any Star Wars okay, board games well, out there. Good, good. Maybe one of these days I'll I'll bring people over to the dark side. So we should talk about scripture. We should and your sermon. We should. So we picked back up in First uh, John chapter four. After taking a uh, a detour through the Gospel of John uh, last week at Easter, but we're back in First John chapter four this week, and we're talking about testing the spirits. Um, so I, I'm just going to read uh, this this passage for us real quick before we get started. First uh, John four one to six says, "Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God." Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have, and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. 
Scott, could you summarize your sermon for us in in uh, in a few sentences, in a minute or two? Could you summarize that for us? Yeah, basically, going back to 1 John, uh, you'll recall that John is confronting the Gnostic teachers within the church that are trying to draw um, the members of the church away from true Christianity. So remember, the Gnostics basically were teaching that Christ didn't come in the flesh, that his death wasn't necessary for salvation, and if you had this special knowledge, the gnosis, uh, then you could be right with the Father. And John is confronting that once the people in the church, once his hearers, once his readers to test every spirit. And he gave a couple of tests that we talked about yesterday and how you can recognize those false teachers and false teachings and then the fact that you reject them. So that's a basic nutshell, what we talked about. That's great. Um, so I have I have a few questions prepared for you. Um, I have a textual question okay. uh, today that's, that's at the end of... of the verse, but I think it's an important question that kind of shapes uh, it shapes the framework for where I think a lot of other uh, denominations or other belief systems could uh, could uh, kind of sabotage scripture or their okay. authority um, to to uh, to teach. Uh, anyways, so in verse six, verse six says, "We are from God." Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Who is the us and the we in that? Uh, I believe John is speaking of himself as an apostle and the other apostles that have died off. And, um, and the point is the apostles are the ones that were called specifically by Jesus. They had encountered Jesus. They were called by Jesus. They were taught by Jesus. They walked with Jesus. So they had the authority through the Gospels and through the New Testament writings to write down the truths that we believe as Christ followers. There aren't apostles today. There are disciples. We're disciples of Christ. We follow Christ, but there aren't apostles. So if anybody comes along and says, I've got... um, I've got a new book that I've written about Jesus, or I've got this revelation about Jesus. That's one of those spirits that we need to test because that's not of the Lord. Why is it important to know that there are not apostles today? Because of what I just mentioned, because the fact that they were called by Jesus, they had an authority that was given to them by Jesus that uh, we don't have now. We don't, we don't write scripture. We don't bring new revelations as some belief systems will put their main man and their presidency or whatever and say whatever he says is truth, even if it contradicts what was said by a previous president or previous apostle, uh-huh. air quotes. Um, we, don't, we don't believe in that. We don't, we don't do that. We don't write scripture. We, we preach the truth, and yes, we have to understand the truth, and we have to recognize it in context in first century when it was written, and then we have to apply it correctly to where we're at now, but yeah. we're not in the business of, of producing, writing new scripture or revelation from the Lord. On a tangent, um, I think that it's important to kind of know uh, know some tools uh, that we can use for, well, obviously you talked about tools that we can use for, um, uh, for testing the spirits. Mm-hmm. I think the most important is just a biblical theological perspective of Scripture. Yes. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about what that means? Well, John mentioned that 
you know, that, that they need to preach Christ and Christ in the flesh. I talked considerably last week and this week about who the true biblical Christ is. And I kept making this statement that if you take away or add to that, you don't have the biblical Christ, and that's very dangerous. Yep. Um, the Bible also speaks of the fact that if somebody comes saying, claiming to be a prophet uh-huh. and their prophecies don't come true, then they're not a prophet of God. So if anybody out there says, well, I am a prophet and here's what's going to happen, if it doesn't happen, then they're not a prophet and they're to be condemned. Yeah. So you do that, you... Um, you need to have an understanding of the truth of God's Word. We need to know what we believe. And I think, especially in the Southern Baptist Church, we just accept what the pastor says from the pulpit, or we just accept what our teacher says from Sunday school. And I said in the sermon that we need to be spiritual skeptics. And that doesn't mean that we're against everybody that stands in the pulpit or we're against everybody that teaches. Right. But men can make mistakes. I can make mistakes. I may take something out of context, or I may misinterpret something. Right. And I need to be called out on that. Yeah. So we need to be familiar with the scriptures so that we can we know when somebody's not bringing the truth. We need to know that they're preaching the true Christ. And then John says, the Spirit of God within us will will prompt us towards that. And I believe that. I've experienced that in my life. When you get books like The Prayer of Jabez that comes out, and everybody's just all crazy about that, and inside your heart there's this check that, yes, that's Scripture, but we're manipulating Scripture to try to get something out of God that God doesn't necessarily want for us. So you got to be very careful. Yeah, so. yeah, I think it's important when you are trying to uh, test those spirits with that uh, biblical theological perspective, you know, you, you the best thing that you can do is, is take whatever you know, statement a, and, and even if it's out of scripture, um, you you know, I think it's, it's really easy to proof text, uh, something, for example, uh, uh, verse six, uh, that we've been talking about, you know, if somebody claims to be an apostle, uh, then they can say from verse six, well, you have to listen to me, right? but a biblical theological perspective examines all of scripture and its entirety of scripture. Filter it through the whole of scripture. Yes. And so, so if, because it can't meet a statement in scripture can't mean what 99% of the rest of scripture clearly says is not true. The Bible doesn't contradict itself. Exactly. And so, so, uh, so I think that that's really, really important. Yeah. Always go back uh, to scripture, start with scripture and always go back to scripture. So let me ask you this. Why is right belief so important? Why is it so important that I believe that Jesus Christ is a hundred percent God, a hundred percent man? Why is it important that I believe that, that, uh, Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven? What's what I said in one of the quotes that I gave yesterday? I think it was David Allen's quote. God is the creator. God is the one who writes the rules. We have to live in accordance to his rules. Our, our world wants to say, well, we can, we can bend on this, that Jesus wasn't born of a virgin. Or we can bend on this, Jesus wasn't fully divine and fully man. We can't bend on those. If you take away the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, then you don't have Jesus Christ of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the Jesus Christ of the gospel, then you don't have salvation. Right. And I know I've, I've thought a lot about this. I came to Christ when I was seven years old. So I didn't comprehend and understand everything about Jesus. Right. But I trusted and I had faith and I didn't disbelieve. And as I grow and mature, I, my belief system is just reinforced. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't, you can't pick and choose. I had a lady right. come up to me yesterday that 
was talking about a family member and said that my family member is like a buffet. The Bible is like a buffet for her. She picks and chooses what she wants. And the lady was saying, I'm trying to help her recognize that you can't do that. Right. And I'm, exa- that's exactly right. There are certain things that I read in the scripture that I don't like right. because it's penetrating. And that's what the Bible says, it's like a two-edged sword. Um, I don't but, know about that tithing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Do I really need to give? That's sarcasm. <clears throat> yeah, thanks a lot for throwing me off track Sorry. here. So, <laughs> the lady the, wants to pick and choose. The truth is, the truth is God has established uh, his truth. We either accept it or we reject it. There's right. no there's no gray area. Right. Um, Does that answer your question? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, where where do we encounter uh, where where do we often encounter false teaching in our lives? <laughs> well, I'm I probably got myself in trouble yesterday with some of the groups that I threw out there, but I mentioned in one of the services that I'm gonna as long as I get an opportunity to stand behind the pulpit, I'm going to preach the truth mm-hmm. as I see it in God's Word, and that God's Word is divisive. And that's not because we want to be condemning or we want to be judgmental, but God's Word is divisive. What was the question? <laughs> that's okay. Um, uh, where do we encounter false teaching in our lives? Well, you just have to turn the TV on, Yeah, and you'll encounter it on some of our... Uh, larger churches in our nation yeah. that are preaching a prosperity gospel uh-huh. that's not biblical. Yeah, um, you encounter it, I think, through some of the. Uh, well, I mentioned yesterday on the television the, some of the books that we read that are popular. I mentioned one a while ago. I think there's some false teaching in that. Um, I think you you get it just from just from uh, media sources uh-huh. that take Christianity and and twist and pervert it right um there i think we get it all over the place mm-hmm. i think there's false teachings everywhere yeah and trying to lead us astray yeah so i i agree with you that you know i think we encounter it in lots of places my follow-up question is who am i obligated to call out as a false teacher like am i supposed to call up joel olstein and let <laughs> him know <laughs> or you know you know what i mean like where like practically what is our role in encountering false teachers? Well, yesterday we talked about the fact that first we have to recognize them. When you recognize them, then we reject them. And I think as a father, as a minister, it's my job to let people know within my sphere of influence uh, that that person is a false teacher. They're not preaching the truth. And if that means I have to call out Joel Olstein or I have to call out uh, the Mormon Mormonism or Jehovah's Witnesses or whomever I need to call out right. for those that I care about. That's what I said yesterday. If I really care about you and I see something that's in opposition to the truth of God's word, I'm proving my love for you by calling that or at least letting you know. Right. <clears throat> Ultimately, you have a choice. Those people that are in Joel Osteen's church have a choice, and they would come against us and say he is preaching the truth. But I don't know. You know, there's some other belief systems out there that that don't <clears throat> preach the full gospel that are not mm-hmm. that they're false, and I and we need to do that. So I, I'm not <clears throat> I'm not going to get behind the pulpit and necessarily bash individuals, right. but right. I am going to bash systems. Right, and that's what I said yesterday. It's not my goal to stand up here and bash whomever or people that are caught up in it. 
Right. But I am going to share the truth. And that's what I did yesterday. I just simply presented what these different belief systems believe about Jesus mm-hmm. and then what we believe about Jesus. And I made the statement, we can't have contradictory beliefs and both be correct. Right. I believe we are correct based right. on the Bible. Right. So if we are correct, then they are incorrect. Mm-hmm. And anybody caught up in that needs to know that they're incorrect so that yeah. they can have an opportunity to know the truth and respond to the truth. Right. So final question how do I do that in a loving way? I think, let me start it by is. saying No, this. I know exactly what you're saying, because we, we come across as being very con- condemning mm-hmm. uh, Southern Baptists. We want to boycott this, and we want to speak out against that, and we have a stance against alternate lifestyles and all of that stuff that's, that's prominent in our world and in our culture. And our world looks at us sometimes and thinks, all you do is stand against it. You don't really care about me right but the truth of the matter you're not is for anything you're against you're, me. that's right that's right and that's not the case right. uh, i want people to know people that i speak with individually people that i speak with corporately and i tried to overwhelmingly state yesterday that what motivates me and what mo- was motivating john and in, in first john was love for people mm-hmm. and for people to know the truth I'm not going to compromise my convictions. I'm not going to hold back on the truth, but I'm going to do it in love. We have to do it in love, recognizing that we care about people. Yeah, for sure. And their souls. It's going to be hard because it is offensive. The gospel is offensive. The fact that Jesus Christ is the only way, people don't like that. The fact that you have to live according to the truth of God's word, people don't like that. They want to be their own gods. They don't want a God telling them what to do. But the fact of the matter is God is the one who made the rules. We didn't make them. We're just sharing them with people in love. And the beauty of it is when you come to Christ, these things that people say are are rules that run our lives. No. What God has for us is is life and abundant life. That's what Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ said. And I would much rather be living in what I'm living in than living in what the world has to offer because it's so much better in Christ. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that in a social media age, um, we've got, uh, let me clarify, Scott doesn't have social media, so so I have to define terms sometimes. You can, go ahead. Uh, So in in social media world, we have uh, what we like to call keyboard warriors, where where they just- Bash everybody. Yeah, they just want to bash everybody, and and, and they they just want to- um, uh, you know, be be the smartest person online, and uh, prove everybody wrong online. Yeah. Um, obviously that's you know, obviously that's not helpful. No. That's not healthy. I think it's really important to remember to as far related to you know, uh, calling out false teaching in a loving way. It's important that I don't I don't think that you can do that in a loving way with somebody who you've like never had an encounter with in your life. And then all of a sudden you're just like, Oh, by the way, nice to meet you. Also, you're wrong. Yeah. You know, I think that it comes from, I think that it comes from being intentional, building relationships, building friendships. Yes. I agree a hundred percent. And, uh, and showing, I think, yeah, I think the best form of evangelism is friendship evangelism. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when you could knock on a door 
and people would be open to the gospel. That doesn't happen very much anymore. You have to earn the right to share Christ with them. Yeah. So they want to see more than just your words. You can become one of these keyboard warriors and just alienate people from Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I want to say to those Christians that are out there bashing and think they're doing a good thing, they're not. Right. They're driving people away. Yes, we share the truth, but we share it in love. But when you're typing it on a keyboard, you don't see that. Right. So build a relationship. Earn the right to share Christ. Share Christ boldly, yeah. unashamedly, without compromising. Yep. But do it in love. That's what Jesus did when he when he encountered the Samaritan woman at the well that had multiple husbands, and the guy that she with was with wasn't her husband at that point. He didn't mm-hmm. condemn her. He loved her. Right. And that was foreign. That's why she was coming at a time of day not even her own people mm-hmm. accepted her. But Christ said to her, "Go and sin no more." Yeah. You know, his heart was for her physical needs. But more than that, it was her spiritual need. So he represented himself accurately to her, yeah. showed the love of Christ to her, but then also said, don't, go do, don't, go, don't do what you've been doing. Yep. And her life was changed because of that. Yeah. And that's how we need to live our lives. Yeah, that's great. If you had two more minutes in your sermon, what would you have spent them doing, talking about? I probably would have spent more time talking about the, the reaching and rescuing aspect. That was the last thing that I saw in John's... And really, I, t- I said it's not real apparent, but yet it is. And Dr. Emerson's going to talk next week about that. Um, just to let people know that we do love them. I don't, just because I don't agree with your lifestyle or I don't agree with what you're caught up in as far as your religion doesn't mean I don't love you. I love you desperately. Right. It breaks my heart when I have encounters with people that choose their sin over the Savior. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does. I, last night, I had an encounter yesterday with a lady. And I, I, I didn't sleep well last night. I was worrying about this lady and praying for this lady. And mm-hmm. she probably could care less about me, but I care about her. Right. You know, so just love people yeah. with the love of Christ is what I would say. Yeah, so. that's good. Scott, thanks for sharing with us. Appreciate it. Um, we're so glad that you have tuned back into uh, the IBC podcast. We uh, plan on doing these every week. Uh, release them on Tuesday mornings. So uh, set a reminder in your phone to listen up to the apparently number one podcast, according to Aaron on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of the above. So thanks for listening. We'd love to have you come and join us in fellowship and Emmanuel. We have worship services on Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m., 9.45 a.m., and 11 a.m. Uh, right here on our campus at 45th Street in Shawnee. Uh, and we are also live streaming at those times on Facebook and at our website at ibcshawnee.org, where you can also find all kinds of things that we have going on here at the church that we would love for you to be a part of. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.